Welcome to Signalize, a Dazzle Ferrer bonus episode. I'm your host, Kimberly Thomas Take. Welcome to this bonus episode of your rare and relevant TLDR on Signalize. Our regular episode this week, the week of the 24th of May, 2023, features a chat with Dr. Nicola Garnier of Screen for Care. You can check out that episode to hear our discussion about newborn screening. Now, whether this is your first or your fifth episode of Signalize, thanks for being here. It means a lot to me and the folks whose news events and guest appearances are featured in this podcast. If you'd like to share something with us or share a voice message, check the show notes for details on how to make contact. Before we get on to awareness days from May into June, I just want to mention that I unintentionally left out PKU Awareness Month in May. This was unintentional and I wanted to rectify that. According to the Mayo Clinic, this condition, PKU, is an inherited disorder that causes an amino acid to build up in the body. PKU is caused by a PAH gene and this gene helps to break down that particular enzyme. You can find more information on the Mayo Clinic website. You can always reach out to the PKU Association or Foundation in your country for more information. So in this bonus episode, I'm going to share with you some news, events, conferences, and other things going on in our rare and associated communities from the end of May going into June. June is nearly upon us. It's crazy to me how fast the time flies. And this month, we have ALS Awareness Month in Canada. We have Antiphospholipid APS Awareness Month, CDKL5 Awareness, Gervais Syndrome Awareness Month in the United States, and Myasthenia Gravis Awareness Month. Not as busy as last month, but still quite a lot of awareness to be had. As I just mentioned, ALS awareness in Canada is in June. And last June, the Canadian Minister of Health released this statement about ALS and Canada. June is ALS Awareness Month, and I want to extend my support to the approximately 3,000 Canadians living with ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. The government of Canada is committed to working with the ALS community to bring hope and better quality of life to patients and their families. ALS is a relentlessly progressive fatal motor neuron disease that eventually leads to to the loss of ability to move, speak, and breathe. The disease can progress swiftly, with four out of five people dying within a two to five years of their diagnosis. On top of the mental and physical distress of the disease, it also has tremendous emotional and financial impact on family and loved ones. You can go back and read the entirety of the Canadian Minister of Health's message, which is a good one. And especially if you're in Canada, it might be interesting to you. So I'll pop that in the show notes. Right. So now to the rest of what's going on the end of May leading into June. This next date is not an awareness day per se, but our good friend Alan Thomas of A Taxi and Me brought this annual social media event to our attention. For the medical communications community around the world, mark your calendars for hashtag MedComs Day 2023 on Wednesday, the 14th of June. Engage in the celebration using the hashtag M-E-D-C-O-M-M-S, MedComs, on your preferred social media platform and let your creativity shine. Connect with fellow medical communications professionals and you can share your ideas or things that you might be doing on social media for the event with Peter Llewellyn. You can reach Peter at peter at networkpharma.com. It'll be a day to showcase the remarkable work of people in medical communications and to unite in a collective appreciation for the field, which is a good thing. We like that. 
There are also a few upcoming webinars. This is not by any means an exhaustive list of what you guys have going on. However, you can find events on our Dazzle Ferrer event calendar. So if you have a webinar or a live stream coming up that you want shared in the next episode of the Signalize Rare and Relevant TLDR, you can go ahead and add that to the Dazzle Ferrer calendar or of course contact me. So we have the Beacon webinar series, Managing Expectations of Advanced Therapies. The good folks at Beacon for Rare will be having a webinar on Wednesday, the 7th of June from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. BST called Managing Expectations in Advanced Therapies. According to their website, Beacon is delighted to announce our next webinar series. This will consist of four sessions taking place in April and June of 2023. They will take you through the steps of understanding genetics and advanced therapies and their application in rare diseases, including examining the challenges associated with accessing them and exploring success stories across the rare space. This webinar uh, that I'm talking about right now is two in a series. I believe, but don't quote me, that you can catch the first webinar on demand. You can check out their website for more information on this series. And speaking of webinar and live streams, uh, the lovely Lee Revy, who has been on this podcast, and the U.S.-based advocate Taylor Kane from Remember the Girls recently spoke to Pam Cusick from Rare Patient Voice. You can catch that conversation on demand as well, get the replay of their chat, and there will also be a link to that in the show notes. Now, locally here in the UK, we have the Cam Rare Fun Run happening in September. The Cam Rare Shelford Fun Run happens in 2023. It is an in-person event that's taking place on September 10th. The event offers a 5K run on closed roads through the scenic Shelford villages of South Cambridgeshire. The event caters to all levels of runners, so you don't have to be an elite athlete to join. You can work in teams such as families with your children. It's a great family-friendly occasion. The run is chip-timed, and participants can find their times on the Power of 10 website. Buggies and mobility aids are absolutely welcome, but dogs and scooters are not allowed, unfortunately. Additionally, there is an optional super sensory one kilometer route available after the 5K run organized by Power to Inspire. The registration fee goes towards supporting Cambridge's Rare Disease Network or CamRare and Shelford Playscape, which benefits children, young people, and families with rare and undiagnosed conditions in Cambridgeshire. And the completion of the Shelford Wheelscape phase of the Great Shelford Recreation ground master plan. The event is made possible through the support of a list of sponsors. And now for events that are happening around the world or online, we have the Social Health Awards. Many of you will remember that this used to be the We Go Health Awards. So that time of year has yet again come and gone to nominate your favorite rare disease advocates or condition advocates in social media. But fear not, you can still keep an eye on the Social Health Awards. According to a recent email, they said, thank you to everyone who nominated and endorsed your fellow health leaders. We appreciate you. Our judges are determining the 60 finalists. That list will be announced on the 22nd of June. I was presently surprised this morning to find that I was nominated for an award in the social media category. I am normally someone who nominates others, so it's kind of bonkers to me that someone would think of me when making their nominations, but whoever did, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Undoubtedly, there are a lot of amazing folks in the same category alongside me, so please check them out. Also, the lovely folks at WeGo Health are running a rare disease survey in America. They're looking for patient leaders and caregivers to take their rare disease in America survey to better understand symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment experiences. So we'll have a link for that as well. 
Now, for those of y'all who go to conferences, we just have a short segment on that as well. We have two Hanson Wade conferences coming up. First, in early June, specifically the 6th to the 8th, we have leaders in neurological gene therapy from Amsterdam to gather for the fourth gene therapy for neurological disorders summit in Europe. According to the conference info, we've curated all the need-to-know information needed for you to advance your preclinical models, translate your non-clinical data to the clinic, and set up bulletproof clinical trials to gain successful regulatory approval and commercialization of your neurological gene therapies in Europe. Sounds exciting? We also have the Hansen Wade event, third next generation gene therapy vector summit. This takes place the 27th to the 29th of June in Boston, Massachusetts. So if you're so inclined, definitely check their website out for more information on either of these upcoming conferences. We also have the Duchenne Care Conference coming up in June. According to their agenda, they will be touching on newborn screening. So if that's something of particular interest to you as potentially a member of the Duchenne community, this online conference is not to be missed. If you're a member of the Duchenne muscular dystrophy community by way of being a parent, a patient, a caregiver, a loved one, or a clinician, you can definitely find out more information on their website and register for this upcoming conference. Uh, We also have an 11th hour entry to this TLDR from our friend Carol at Flutters and Strutters. The folks at Pharma Forum are introducing the World Without Disease Summit happening on the 21st of June in London. This inaugural event aims to revolutionize healthcare by shifting the focus from treating late-stage diseases to early and effective intervention. The summit will explore prediction, prevention, and interception strategies, highlighting groundbreaking scientific advancements and discussing practical next steps for commercial companies such as health systems, investors, and payers to bring this vision to life. You can spread the word to colleagues and friends who may be interested and they can register on the website. Patient or patient groups can enjoy a discount using the code SAVE99 at checkout, reducing the registry from £300 to £99. You can visit the website for more details to secure your spot at this transformative event. Also, shout out to Paul Tuna for his work on this promising new summit. That wraps up our uh, awareness days and conferences and other online events. Now we have a little bit of news. Uh, And some of it's local and some of it is uh, international for our rare and associated communities around the world. A young Dravet syndrome patient, four-year-old Paxton, participates in a clinical trial. Paxton Toves, a four-year-old boy with Dravet syndrome, a rare and severe form of epilepsy, is participating in a clinical trial with the Multicare Institute for Research and Innovation. The trial aims to find effective treatments for children with Dravet syndrome, which is associated with frequent and difficult-to-control seizures. Paxton's family struggled with managing his seizures, leading to developmental delays and limited activities. Through genetic testing, Paxton received a diagnosis, and after failed attempts with medication, he has joined the Phase 3 pediatric trial for an experimental anti-seizure medication. The trial's goal is to identify effective medications for all children with Dravet syndrome. Paxton's family appreciates the care that they've been receiving from Mary Bridge Children's and the Research Institute. And there is a link to the full story in the show notes. The the FNIH and Accelerating Medicines Partnership, eight rare diseases selected for a clinical trial portfolio. The Accelerating Medicines Partnership Bespoke Gene Therapy Consortium has selected eight rare diseases for its clinical trial portfolio. This innovative approach to gene therapy development aims to streamline the approval process for first-in-human trials. The selected diseases are Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease, Morquino-A syndrome, and retinitis pigmentosa, among others. 
the BGTC program managed by the Foundation for the National Institutes of Health, or the FNIH, brings together public and private organizations to expedite to expedite the development of customized gene therapies for rare diseases. The consortium's goal is to provide a standardized roadmap and accessible solutions for gene therapies, benefiting patients with limited treatment options. This announcement was made during the American Society of Gene and Cell Therapies annual meeting, and of course, we'll drop information in the show notes. This next news item sounds a little bit like something out of a comic book. We have The Death of a Metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg's ambitious project to build the metaverse, known as Meta, has been quietly abandoned. In 2021, Zuckerberg announced the name change from Facebook to Meta, envisioning it as the successor to the mobile internet. Despite investing $36 million and promising grand experiences, Meta's virtual reality platform, Horizon Worlds, turned out to be a lackluster and unimpressive. Meanwhile, Zuckerberg discovered a new contender for the future, artificial intelligence. Realizing Meta was falling behind, he quietly shelved the project in favor of pursuing AI, leaving investors and observers questioning his costly obsession and absolute control over the company. With the potential to bet the company's future on AI, concerns arise about the consequences if Zuckerberg's if Zuckerberg's pursuits falter and affect the profitability of Facebook and Instagram. There's more about this online, and uh, we'll drop a link. Combined Brain receives grant to accelerate research. Combined Brain, founded by Dr. Terry Joe Bichel, is an alliance aimed at accelerating the development of treatments for rare genetic neurodevelopmental disorders. The organization brings together patient advocacy groups, academia, industry, clinicians, and scientists to collaborate on finding cures. Starting with 20 advocacy groups, Combined Brain has now grown to over 64 organizations, but funding has been a challenge. However, in late 2022, they received a grant from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, the CZI, through its Rare as One project. This grant has allowed Combined Brain to strengthen its operations, hire additional staff, and expend excuse me, and expand its biomarker projects, advancing their mission to cure rare diseases. The partnership between CZI and the Combined Brain aligns with their shared goal of uniting communities, pooling resources for meaningful research. Now, I'm a little bit embarrassed about this next news item because actually it's kind of old news, but it was interesting to me. How many rare diseases are there? A report estimates that the number of rare diseases is more than 10,000. In my chat with Dr. Nicola Garnier from Screen for Care, he mentioned the existence of 10,000 rare diseases. The statistics most often brought up that I've heard over the last few years has been about seven to 8,000 rare diseases across 300 million people worldwide, but the number has changed as if under the radar. A report in 2022 called The Power of Being Counted by Rare X reveals that there are an estimated 10,000 plus rare diseases, significantly higher than what was previously believed between 5 and 8,000. The report aimed to provide a more accurate count of rare diseases, addressing the lack of a global definition for these conditions. The accurate count is crucial for representing the full spectrum of the rare disease community and understanding the socioeconomic impact on patients, families, and societies. The findings highlight the need for policymakers to allocate sufficient resources and support, as well as regulatory changes to address the challenges faced by those affected by rare disease. Now, having said that, if you're like me, it's time to update the mental statistic 
counter in the mind and go from right. We were at five, then seven, then eight. Now we're at over 10,000 rare diseases, but it's a really important update to make. Now we have the randomization and placebo groups that are giving way to biomarkers and real world data from wearable devices and decentralized adaptive trials. Woo, that is a mouthful. Researchers are adopting innovative approaches to clinical trials for rare diseases. With over 10,000 diseases affecting fewer than 200,000 Americans, developing safe and effective treatments is challenging. Modified clinical trials and real world data are promising approaches. Rare disease required <clears throat> Rare diseases require personalized therapy due to the various subtypes and predictive safety testing is crucial, especially for new treatments like gene editing. Biomarkers play a significant role, allowing trials to be more personalized and enabling the measurement of treatment efficacy. Adaptive trials, single arm trials, and decentralized trials are being explored to address the unique challenges posed by rare diseases. Additionally, the use of real-world data and wearables is increasing, offering insights into treatment effects in the real-world settings. Ensuring equitable access to clinical trials and treatments for low- and middle-income countries is also a priority. That news is coming from the U.S. and was featured in Nature.com, and you'll find a link in the show notes. And our last news bitten bob for today is a low-key shocking survey. U.S. primary care providers are increasingly comfortable discussing direct-to-consumer genetic tests with patients. Again, this is low-key shocking to me because it's definitely not a conversation that I have been able to have in the U.K. It's definitely something that gets shut down very quickly here. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to progress in the United States and in other countries. So a new survey conducted by Medscape in collaboration with 23andMe reveals that primary care physicians in the U.S. are increasingly comfortable discussing genetic testing with their patients. The survey found that over two-thirds of physicians have taken a genetic test themselves and would recommend testing for health purposes if a patient asked. This represents a significant shift in attitudes compared to previous years when physicians were skeptical or uninterested in direct-to-consumer genetic testing. The survey also indicates that doctors are more aware of the types of information provided by direct-to-consumer genetic tests, such as genetic health predispositions and pharmacogenomic reports. The increased familiarity with genetics and D2C testing has led to improved discussions between doctors and patients, including issues related to family health history and privacy protections. Two-thirds of primary care physicians now say they would recommend genetic testing for health purposes as it can lead to better outcomes and more personalized care. The survey was completed by 1,000 U.S. primary care physicians on the Medscape platform in October of 2022. As I said, I'm really interested to hear how that pans out in other countries such as the U.K., where the United Kingdom is the first nation to roll out genetic testing on the National Health Service. So something that is accessible to uh, children and people with a history of a genetic condition in the family to actually access genetic testing. Um, there's definitely a desire to keep that kind of testing localized here in the UK. And with the direct consumer testing landscape being such a wild west, it'll be really interesting to hear more about this topic as it develops. In fact, I have been trying to organize behind the scenes um, some interviews with folks on this very topic. If you're someone who is interested or works in bioethics, someone who has experience in direct consumer genetic testing or doctor patient referrals for genetic testing in the United States, 
please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. In any case, that's all she wrote for today's TLDR, Rare and Relevant, your bonus episode and companion to today's podcast with Dr. Nicola Garnier. I hope you enjoy both and have an absolutely fantastic rest of your week. I hope you enjoyed this mini episode of Signalize a Dazzle for a podcast. If you enjoyed this bonus or our longer form episodes, please share them with a family member, friend, or a colleague. Sharing Signalize helps to spread rare disease awareness, good news, and patient stories so that more people can hear them. Hearing is believing, and I believe that our stories are uplifting and life-changing. Once you share Signalize, remember to click subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you just can't get enough just can't get enough of Signalize, subscribe to our social media at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four rare, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest, where you can stay informed on the podcast and upcoming patron projects that help to increase rare and associated community voices.